Hello and welcome to the Need to Lead podcast, where we explore everything leadership related to help you get the best out of yourself and those around you. I'm your host, Adam Malloy, and this is episode three. And on this episode, I want to cover what leadership is. On the previous episode, episode two, we went through what leadership is not. And the reason why I wanted to start with what leadership isn't is so we can get clear on exactly what we are and are not talking about moving forward when we're speaking about leadership and helping you develop into the best leader that you can be. People in general have a lot of preconceived ideas of leadership. And we went through some situations that I'm sure you've been prone to in the past of when we think we're being led or when we think we're on the receiving end, let's say, of a leadership conversation, when in reality we're being misled. There's an absence of leadership and it can have real negative implications on our own relationship with leaders or what we feel leadership is. And it's such a common thing that I hear from people when they have this idea that they are not leaders. They can't lead or they can't be a leader because they don't fit this idea or this picture in their mind of what a leader is. And typically it's quite a negative idea. It's someone who's loud, someone who's quite extroverted, someone who's just really aggressive, who's out there, who seems to enjoy engaging in conflict and starting situations and getting ramped up and hoarding people or shaming people and blaming people, etc. And we can have a lot of negative connotations associated with the idea of leadership that we automatically pull ourselves out of the equation and say, I can't lead, I can't do this, I can't do that. Because growing up, all the examples of leaders that I had, parents, teachers, sports coaches, principals, bosses, some colleagues who may have been superior to, etc., I had lots of negative experiences. They made me feel shit and terrible about myself. I don't want to do that to other people, so therefore I can't be a leader. It's such a common misconception, and it's one I wanted to clear up right from the get-go, because leadership, as I said on the last episode, is a skill. It's a set of traits, it's a set of tactics and tools, and it's a way of embodying yourself and carrying yourself in life, which we'll talk about a little bit more later on this episode. And all those things are accessible to every single person. Every single individual on the earth can improve your leadership capacities. And that's not to say you're going to go and be the next Stralix Ferguson or whatever other idea of great leaders you may have had in your own life or from your own um, interests or hobbies or whatever areas of life you're interested in. But the great thing is, is, is that you don't need to be those people. One of the most important foundations in leadership is going to be your authenticity and staying true to yourself, your values, who you truly are, and letting that shine true and using the leadership skills that I hope you can pick up off of these podcast episodes in order to amplify that and magnify your impact and your ability to have a positive effect on the world, on people around you, but on yourself and on your own life and to drive yourself forward, to hold yourself to higher standards so that you can achieve more and by osmosis, hold the people around you to a higher standard and help them to achieve more too. So leadership is fundamental. It's such an important thing, hence why I wanted to start a podcast about it. And on this specific episode, episode three of the Need to Lead podcast, we're going to talk about what leadership is, because now that we're pretty clear on what it isn't, and if you haven't listened to the previous episode, episode two, I'd recommend going back and listening to that either before or after listening to this. Probably make a little bit more sense if you listen to that one before this one, but you can do it the opposite way around. You'll still uh, be able to make sense of it all. And I want to make clear on this episode what leadership is. And what we're really talking about when we talk about being leaders or stepping into leadership and what that all encompasses and what it's all about. And my hope for you leaving this episode is that you'll be a lot clearer when we speak about leadership, what that actually entails, how leadership is accessible to you, regardless of what position you're in, 
whether you're in charge of people or not, whether you manage a team or not, whether you think you are a leader or can be a leader or not, how accessible it actually is and how you can use it to benefit yourself and if you want to, people around you as well. And one of the pieces of feedback that I got from episode one, which was just an introductory episode about the podcast in general and what kind of stuff we'll be talking about, is that people never really broke down leadership into the two facets that I mentioned on that, which is self-leadership and then the more conventional external kind of leadership. Because generally when we think of the word leadership, we automatically jump into thinking about the normal way of leading, let's say in terms of you're in charge of people whether it's a football manager, uh, a CEO of a business, a teacher with students, maybe a parent with their children. It's that idea of authority over other people and that you or someone else is the one with the power. You're superior. If you imagine on a hierarchy, you're on the layer above the people that are below you, obviously the people you're leading. And that's what we think leadership is, is you having power over somebody else or somebody else having power over you. And that is a form of leadership. And particularly when you talk about leadership from a, a perspective of working for an organization, your objective is to lead you and the people who you, who are serving you to an objective. And sometimes that objective isn't even one that you set right. It's like you have a boss who tells you, you need to achieve this thing and you need to get your people on side to achieve the goal that was actually set by somebody else. And that's where all these complexities can kick in and why it needs to be built on a solid foundation of leadership. But often people don't consider the other form of leadership, which is self-leadership. And that's where I want to start, because my belief, and it's one that's quite widely shared as well across the leadership community, you could call it, is that no matter what you want to achieve, who you want to lead, what you want to do, if it's not built on a strong foundation of self-leadership, you'll never be as effective as possible of a leader to other people. If you can't, effectively lead yourself how can you expect other people to effectively follow you and the reason why that's so important is because as we'll touch on later episodes leadership when it comes to leading others is built within this culture of trust of respect of value of belief you could call it love but there's a relationship that exists there and that relationship really is the most important thing because when it comes to leading other people you can talk about skill sets, you can talk about competency, you can talk about training and development, etc. But all of that is built upon a foundation. And that foundation is the relationship between the two people. And if the relationship is not a good one, nothing that you try is going to work. You can punish, you can sack them, you can dock money off them, you can send them to train with the reserves, you can do whatever you want. But you won't get the buy-in, you won't get the trust, you won't get the respect, and that won't last, or that won't lead to long-lasting success. And that's ultimately leaders what we should be looking towards. Yes, there's times where we need to be a bit more short-term focused. Yes, there's times when you've got a small window of opportunity to achieve a certain outcome or hit an objective. And at times you may need to make decisions that serve best in the short term. That's life. But for the most part, we want to operate on how do I have the most success over the longest period of time? Or how do I sustain success? How do I not just have a quick win? How do I build an empire, a dynasty? How do I build something that's going to last? And the true essence of leadership is building something that is so strong that it doesn't need you anymore, right? Something that will last beyond your lifetime. And that's like the bigger picture leadership stuff. But if you're going to have any success at doing that, it's all going to be built on a foundation of relationships with other people. 
And if your ability or your willingness to create positive relationships isn't there, then the likelihood of you having long-term success is not going to be there. And the reason why all this comes together is because in order for you to have great relationships with other people, it needs to be built on having a great relationship with yourself first. And that can bring us down tons of different paths, which I won't cover all within this episode. But what I do want to talk about in this episode is the two forms of leadership, self-leadership and external leadership, the more conventional sort of leadership that you think about. Now, with self-leadership, the reason why I always want to start there is because, as I've said, every other form of leadership is going to be built on that. And in order for you to effectively lead others, you need to be able to lead yourself first. And whenever I speak with leaders or speak with other people who are in a leadership position or want to get to that point, this is always the starting block. This is always where we'll start because I want to see and I want them to see how do they lead themselves? What standards do they hold themselves to? What's the relationship like with themselves? How do they motivate themselves? How do they pick themselves up after defeat or after they fall down? How do they set targets for themselves, manage themselves towards achieving those targets, celebrate, reward themselves for hitting them or maybe uh, not so much punish, but how do they deal with when they don't hit the target and what's the next steps after that? And the overall mindset, attitude, beliefs, behaviors that encompass all of those things. That is fundamental to self-leadership. And if you neglect the self-leadership part and just jump in at the deep end and think, you know what, I'm just going to go and tell all these people what to do because you know I want to achieve this thing. And you don't look at your own role in that and how you as a leader need to grow and develop in order to help grow and develop the other people then you're missing the massive part of the puzzle and you're going to feel like you're constantly pushing and pushing and pushing and getting nowhere. So self-leadership is an essential component of your leadership. And sometimes self-leadership is all you want. Some people will listen to this podcast and it may be you. And all you'll want to get out of it is how do I lead myself a bit better? Because I've got a goal I want to hit. And the simple goals that I'll always use will be probably fitness related because they're somewhat easier just to use as analogies. But if you think you've got a fitness goal, you want to lose weight. It's probably the most common fitness goal people have. You need a high level of self-leadership in order to hit that. Now, you may work with a coach or a trainer or somebody who can help hold you a bit more accountable to that, etc. But even making the decision to go and hire somebody to help you with it is a great form of self-leadership because it shows the awareness that I can't do this myself. I need someone else who has the knowledge or the insight to give me the tools that I need. I don't have all the information. I don't know enough about nutrition or exercise to be able to hit this target. So I need to get somebody in place who is able to give me that stuff so that I can go and achieve X goal. So you can already start to see how there's little facets of self-leadership that happen behind each of these decisions. Whereas conversely, if you don't know enough about exercise, don't know enough about nutrition to be able to lose weight, but neglect that and say, you know, I'm just going to keep going and keep trying to do it myself. You can see there, there's an absence of that leadership because the awareness is there that you need to make a decision to change something, but the willingness to make that change is not quite there. And those are the situations where absences of leadership really show up and lead to long-term consequences that we don't want. So with the fitness example, weight loss, I need to get someone in place. I need someone to help me. You can get the information, you can get the person in place to give that to you, but you still need a high level of self-leadership to go and take the action because it's not fun. Most goals you try to achieve in life, whatever area of life they're in, whether it's fitness, family, finances, whatever, are not going to be fun. It's going to require you doing a lot of boring stuff over and over again consistently for probably a longer period of time than you would like in order to see a result at some point down the line. And that's why success in general 
tends to be so difficult because it's not quick, it's not fast, it's not sexy, and it's not very easy either. It takes a lot of hard work, a lot of time, and a lot of patience. And that's why self-leadership is so important because you need to be able to set those targets for yourself and then hold yourself accountable. Have the standards, have the non-negotiables for yourself that you hold yourself to day after day, week after week, month after month, maybe even year after year until you achieve this outcome, until you achieve whatever the goal you set out to achieve is. And if there's not a strong foundation of self-leadership there in place, or it's not something you're concurrently working on as you're moving towards the goal, then what ends up happening is you quit, you give up, you doubt yourself, you let a failure set you off track, and then you give up and stop for a while, and then you come back to etc. And you stay on this merry-go-round in this loop of setting targets, failing, giving up, set a target, fail, give up, set a target, fail, give up. And weeks, months, years roll past without any real progress being made towards it. And if you imagine that was, imagine you pull yourself out of the situation and that wasn't you and a fitness goal you're talking about. Imagine that was a business we were speaking about. What do you think would happen in that case? If there was a business where the leader of the business, the CEO, set an objective for the business, let's say to do a million euros of revenue this year, fail it, gave up, said, oh, you know what, we're not going to do that anymore. Then the next year, we'll do a million, fail, give up. And the same again, same again. Chances are after one or two cycles of that, that CEO, that leader will be taken out and someone else will be put in who could actually hit the target or set a different target that they could hit. With ourselves, unfortunately, we can't do that. We can't get someone else to sit in the driver's seat of our lives. Right? You can't say, I want to lose weight. You know what? I'm going to step aside for a few minutes. I'm going to let Adam, for example, go and lose this weight for me over the next year. We can't hire someone to do that stuff for us. So that's why we need to develop leadership capacities within ourselves. So at the very least, we can hold ourselves to a standard and drive ourselves forward to achieving a goal. And like I said, for some people, that's all they want. They don't want to lead other people. They don't want to be leaders from a conventional sense of having a, a team of people underneath them. That's fine. You don't need to. But even having the simple, and I say simple because they're simple in theory, but not necessarily in practice or in gaining them, but the simple practice of leadership of yourself and that self-leadership piece, even if that's all you want to achieve, that's great because that will massively impact the success you have in whatever area of life you want to apply it to. Because all these foundations of leadership are massively applicable across the board. They don't just go into one area. And this is why, from a, a side note, let's say, if you're interested in leadership, you can learn so, so much from reading about leaders in different industries. Personally, I have a massive interest in football, but I'll read about leaders and listen to leaders in all sports, Formula One, golf, rugby, boxing, um, mixed martial arts, pretty much any sport. I'll listen to the leaders in that area. And even in a business perspective, I'll listen to leaders in business. I'll listen to leaders in education or in personal development or in all these different areas. Because even though they may not necessarily do the same thing in terms of the outcome they're trying to achieve, the principles they use to achieve the goal are more or less the same. And you'll see massive, and I'll share lots of examples as we move through the podcasts, and you'll hear different stories and different ways leadership is used. And you'll see that even though they were trying to achieve different things, it was all built on the same principles and foundations. And that's what I want to share with you is not necessarily the tools or tactics, just what they use, the high level stuff. It's more so the foundations, the pillars, what it's actually built on. Because when you understand and have those embodied, within yourself, you can then apply them to any situation in life. And unfortunately, life doesn't tend to get any easier. We're always met with new problems. There's always new things to deal with. If you look even just over the past 
two years, there's been a global pandemic. We're on the verge of potentially a recession. There's a war going on in Russia, or sorry, in the Ukraine, with Ukraine and Russia. There's all this stuff happening. So there's always, always, always opportunities for you to step into that leadership, to bring it on, embody it, step up to the plate, and move forward in whatever way that looks like for you. So that's self-leadership, and that's why that's so important. And the next logical step off that that you may want to take then is the more conventional form of leadership, which is leading other people. And when I say other people, that can vary from literally one other person to hundreds of other people to, if you imagine you're the leader of a country, potentially millions of other people, there's a scale, there's a spectrum. And where you fall or would even want to fall on that spectrum is completely personal and individual to you. So we won't worry too much about who you're trying to lead. We'll more so just talk about it from a higher level perspective of what is leading other people? What does that actually look like? What does it entail? And I got a really great framework for understanding this and being able to reflect on these things. And full disclaimer, I did not come up with this. I'm not smart enough to do that. So credit to Ben McClellan, who is a leader who I've learned massively from, mentored me a lot throughout leadership, um, ran a, company, a couple of companies and runs a program called The Empowered CEO. And he helped me really just break this down into a simple, understandable framework that you can just take and apply to any situation where you interact with other people to assess your own leadership, to see maybe what could I have done differently in this situation or what the outcome was that either it was good and that's great or if it wasn't so good, what can I learn from that? And there's four steps to the framework. And firstly is presence. If you're going to lead other people, if you're going to, particularly when it comes to other people, self-leadership presence is going to be important for the awareness of yourself, but particularly when you're with other people and in these leadership-based conversations, presence is key being in the room with that person, being fully there with them and understanding them, not just at the words that they're saying, but also what's going on behind the scenes and being curious with that for them. Being in the room, listening to them, hear them out. And I'm sure everyone has examples in life and everyone has examples of when they've done it in life too, myself included, where you're in a conversation with someone, but you're not really there. You're there in body, but in spirit or in mind, you're somewhere else. And I'm sure we've all done it with other people, but I'm even more sure we've all been on the receiving end of it. And you know how it feels to be on the receiving end of that conversation. Straight away, you just feel like this person doesn't give a shit about me. Um, that they, they don't even want to be here. I may as well just shut up talking because they're not even listening to me, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing that I say here is even being absorbed or taken in. So I might as well just you know, give up on this conversation. And in our day-to-day -day lives, that's a normal conversation because generally the conversations that we have with other people it's not a conversation where we actually sit and listen to them. It's more so a conversation where it's almost a mutual unsaid agreement where I'm just going to not talk, shut up and pretend to listen to you until you finish talking. And then I'm going to start talking and you will shut up and just listen to me until I finish talking. And then you'll start talking again. And we listen just to respond rather than to actually hear. When we're leading other people and in these leadership conversations, it's essential that we're present. We're there. We're actually listening to your person. We're hearing the words that they're saying, but even noticing more than that, not just what words come out of their mouth, but maybe the tone of voice that they say and maybe some of the non-verbal communication pieces that come out. Because all these things give us an insight, give us a clue as to the reality of the world for that person. And it's important that we get understanding on that force so that we can get, something I spoke about on the last episode, alignment with that person to move towards whatever the outcome is. So that's the fourth step is presence. And it's important for you to understand what, helps you be present and maybe what distracts you from being present and that can help then in terms of when you go to set up your own 
way of leading other people, you know, in terms of setting up meetings. Do I know that if I have meetings at this time of day, I'm much more present compared to if I do them later in the day, I'm less present because I get more tired. I need an afternoon nap, whatever else might go on. And that can help you say, okay, I'm going to have my meetings with my people first thing in the morning because that's when I'm most present. Or maybe it's something else where it's like, you know, I don't do great when I have more than three meetings in a row. I can kind of do three meetings, but after that, anything else, I'm basically not there. So I won't have my schedule open to have more than that. I'll set it up and you can create the environment for yourself that actually allows you to be present. Maybe it's being in a quiet room rather than being in a crowded office, whatever it is for you that works. But having an idea of what helps me be present or show up in a, a good state of presence so I can actually lead these people is step one, presence. Second one then is to understand yourself. And this is a massive rabbit hole that we could go down. So I promise for the sake of this episode of the podcast, we'll keep it very simple. When it comes to understanding yourself, one of the big things that we need to be aware of is our biases. And there's a great book called Leadership and Self-Deception. I'll talk about it, I'm sure, continuously over the next few episodes of the podcast. But I recommend picking it up and checking it out because it's it's very insightful in terms of how we as leaders can deceive ourselves best a self-deception and that's something that you want to be very aware of and i gave an example in the last episode of a what was the situation yes it was a, a manager who set a project to one of his employees the employee he just came in basically threw it on his desk said look this is the project i need you to work on i need it done for tomorrow this is what you need to do go do it i just walked out of the room and the employee came back the next day he didn't have it done Basically, the manager went on a mad one, called him every name under the sun, told him he's useless. He's basically not going to get any more work anymore. He's not going to trust him with anything. He's just going to do it himself, that sort of thing. And I'm sure we've all been in some situation where a version of that story has happened. In those situations when, let's say, you as the leader have assigned a task to somebody else or have had a conversation with someone else in the past about a certain behavior that they needed to stop doing or a certain attitude that you wanted them to change or anything like that, and the person then continues having the attitude or doing the behavior and not completing the work, et cetera. It's very easy in that moment for us to automatically jump to assumptions as to why that happens. And generally, the assumptions that we jump to are quite negative on the other person. They're stupid. They're lazy. They don't listen to me. They don't want to get any better. They're incompetent. Uh, they're selfish, blah, 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 all these things. And it's not that we're wrong in those assumptions because sometimes we are correct. But it's to be aware of where are they coming from and it's to understand ourselves from a perspective of what we can do as people, not just leaders, is put ourselves on a little bit of a pedestal. And whenever someone does something wrong, particularly if we've been their leader and have told them to do something and they don't follow through on it, our automatic belief or automatic uh, response, let's say, is to jump in and blame and judge and say it's that other person's fault. We need to get good as leaders at understanding ourselves first and foremost and our own awareness around ourselves to how did we potentially contribute to this happening? And whether this is in a positive sense or a negative sense, someone achieved something really good or someone didn't achieve something, how did we contribute to that? What role did we play in this outcome? Because as leaders, we're responsible. If you're a football fan, you will know that if a team doesn't play well, if a team doesn't perform well game after game, a team is underperforming, it's the manager who gets sacked. He's not on the pitch kicking the ball. He's not doing anything related to what they actually do on the pitch on a Saturday. Obviously, he does the tactics and names the team, but he's not actually on the pitch influencing the game. But he's the one who gets sacked. Why is that? Because at the end of the day, everything stops with the leader. So even if you think you've done everything to help the other person, even if you think you've been crystal clear, even if you think you've given them 
enough time to get it done, etc. We still need to be curious as to how did I contribute to this? What's my role in this? Because I am responsible. Ultimately, I am responsible. And that's one of the big mistakes a lot of leaders make is they want to abdicate that responsibility. And literally, if you imagine having a project and putting it on your employee's desk and saying, this is what I need you to do, go and do that. That's how we view the responsibility of the situation. But I was like, this is this thing. You are responsible for it. I am not no longer responsible because I'm giving it to you. Go and do it. Leadership does not work like that. You're always responsible for the outcome, good or bad, positive or negative. It always falls back onto you. So you need to assess your own role in that, your own contribution to it. And it's not to say it's your fault. You're not to blame, but you played a role. You contribute in some way. So it's important to be aware of that and to understand yourself going into these conversations. So those are the first two steps is firstly, be present. Secondly, is to understand you, your awareness around your own biases, your own contribution to the situation, etc. The next step is to understand them. Understand the other person. Understand the person or people who you're leading. And what that looks like, and it ties very much into the presence piece at the beginning, is that we need to listen. And listen to hear, not just listen to respond. And one of the main pillars in this situation is going to be curiosity. So being curious, and this is probably multiple podcast episodes down the line that we'll talk about, is creating an environment where people actually feel safe to be honest and to tell you the truth. Because the worst thing that can happen as a leader is you have people who are so afraid of the potential consequences of being honest that they will lie, that they will say things that aren't true purely because they're afraid of the consequences of being honest. What happens in those situations then is that you as the leader are blindsided because you don't know everything that's going on. You can't know everything that's going on, particularly depending on the size and scale of the people you lead. There's going to be stuff that people are working on that or people should be working on that they aren't working on or that's happening or that's being said that you just don't have the bandwidth to be over. And if people aren't honest with you, if people don't feel safe to share these things with you, you won't be aware of them until it's too late. Prime example of this is Stalin's Russia back in whatever year Stalin was in charge of Russia, World War II, and then after that, people were so afraid of Stalin that they wouldn't tell him anything. Even his most trusted advisors were so terrified of him because he had a, a rootless streak of just killing people that if something was bad, something was wrong, they didn't want to bring bad news to him. They'd only bring good news. If something was bad, they just wouldn't say it. And ultimately what ends up happening is, well, shit happens. And a lot of negative stuff that could have been avoided, that could have been dealt with, that doesn't get dealt with because people don't open up and share those things. And so when it comes to these leadership situations, we need to understand the other person. We need to create an environment where they feel safe, that they can be open and honest with you, because sometimes they might say stuff that you don't want to hear, but you'll need to hear it. And we need to create that. We need to stay curious. We need to avoid jumping in, judging, blame, and right from the get-go. We need to create that environment where you can be open and honest with them and they can be open and honest with you. And you need to sit there and listen and remain curious. Keep asking questions. Try to understand either what happened in the situation, why it happened in the situation, what other factors led to it. For example, prime example is the last episode that I done, that situation of the employee with the manager where the employee didn't get the work done and the manager automatically just jumps in and assumes he's a shit employee, he doesn't care about his job, he's lazy, he's incompetent, blah, blah, blah. In reality, what could have been going on for that employee is maybe there's personal stuff going on at home that the manager doesn't know about. Maybe the employee is so snowed under with other projects that have been thrown onto his desk that he doesn't know what to be working on or he just doesn't literally have the time to do it. Maybe he's got other personal stuff going on that's taxing his bandwidth at the moment and he doesn't have the capacity to take all this on board. 
or maybe he's just not fully clear on what the task is. He doesn't know what he needs to actually do. What does finished done look like in this situation? He didn't have full clarity going in to do the task because you just drew it on his desk and left. All these things can play into it. So we need to give that space and create that space so that the employee or whoever else is on the receiving end of this leadership conversation feels safe, can be open, can be honest, can share with you the reality of the situation for them. Because when those first three facets are complete, you're present, you understand yourself, and then you understand them. The last piece is then to clarify the direction. And this is where leadership really comes in. And if you're a coach listening to this, if you're someone who engages in coaching or a study coach, you'll understand the importance of understanding people, getting clarity on where we are now, but what's next? What are we going to do about this situation next? Because that's the most important thing. And as a leader, that's always the most important thing is where do we go from here? Because we can stay stuck. We can stay in the situation. We can keep bitching and moaning and complaining and gossiping about what happened or whose fault it is, et cetera. But ultimately, no one benefits and no one wins. What are we going to do next about it? What's going to change? Who needs to step in? Who needs to step out? What help or support do you need? But what has to happen for this to move forward? And as a leader, your job is to clarify direction. But it's important that you get, firstly, contribution, but secondly, buy-in from the employee or whoever's on the receiving end of the conversation about that direction too. Because we want this to be a two-way approach. And as I've said before, of course, as the leader, ultimately, the book stops with you. So it's your job to set the direction. It's your job to know where you want to go, where you want to drive things to. But that doesn't mean you have to be dictatorial about it. You don't have to be an authoritarian. You don't have to just shout, scream and say, this is what you do, go and do it. This can be a conversation. You know, as the leader, what's the best next steps in most cases. You know where this person needs to go or what the outcome that has to be achieved for the team or the organization is. But you need these people on board to be able to do it and achieve it. So when we start to clarify the direction, we get a sense of, okay, look, I understand where you're at. Based on this conversation we've had, you've told me these things that have been going on for you, which I fully understand. We had this task that was meant to be done. It wasn't done. We've had this conversation. I understand completely why it didn't happen. And my goal, my ambition is that next time we set a task, the same thing doesn't happen. We have a different outcome. The task gets done, blah, 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 whatever else. So what support do you need from me in this situation? or in the next situation to move this forward and make sure this doesn't happen again. And we can get buy-in from the people then who can say, well, you know what, next time this happens, I need more notice. I need more time to get it done. I need more clarity on what the outcome actually is. Maybe I need you to take some other stuff off my plate so I've actually got the time to be able to focus specifically on this rather than have my attention dragged left, right, center. And once we have those things, it's very easy then to set the direction. Okay, cool, that's what's going to happen. And next time I set the task, I need you to get a complete in order to allow you to do that. This is what I'll do for you to help make sure we can get that done. And what we have there off the basis of those four frameworks or that framework with those four pieces, the presence, understanding yourself, understanding them, and then clarify the direction. We've had a very productive conversation that number one, helps us understand why stuff happened or didn't happen. Number two, helps make sure in the future that doesn't happen again and that we get the productive outcome that we want to actually drive us towards success. But number three, and probably most importantly, is if you think of the essence of that conversation, is that going to be, if you imagine that conversation as a relationship, okay, my relationship with that person, and imagine that relationship is a bank account and different interactions that we have, either deposit money into the bank account to make it stronger or take money out of that account and make it weaker. Off the back of that conversation, do you think that relationship is going to have money deposited into it or money withdrawn? 
And the answer is it's going to have money deposited in. Because think of the structure of that conversation went. I was present. I was there. I wasn't distracted. I wasn't sitting here looking at you, but thinking about something else. I understood myself. I knew what my biases were coming in. I was aware that I could easily come in here and start saying, this is your fault. You're lazy. You're this and that. But I didn't do that. I didn't want to deceive myself. I wanted to make sure I was there with the person and understand that I have my own shit I'm bringing to the table. They have their shit to bring into the table. I want to leave both of those pieces of shit outside the door so we can just be ourselves at the table and be there with each other. I've created a space for you to share with me what's reality for you. I didn't judge. I didn't blame. I didn't shame. I sat and I listened and I was curious. I let you get everything off your chest and be completely honest with me. And then we together create the plan for moving forward from this point to make sure next time that I set a task for you, you feel fully supported and you have everything that you need in order to get that task done. So we can both be happy with the outcome. You can get great work done. We can, as a team, move forward towards the outcome we want to achieve. I, as your boss, I'm happy because you got the work done and everything goes rosy. That's an overall positive experience for everybody, for the employee, for the business organization, and for the leader, for you in that situation. And that's what's most important about these situations with people is for the most part, we want their interactions to enhance the relationship we have. Now, of course, it's not going to happen every time. It's not, you can't get it right every single time as a leader. But what our hope is that you'll get it right more times than not. So that there will be more money in that account so that whenever you do get it wrong and a withdrawal is made, it's not going to send you to bankruptcy. It's not going to completely tarnish the relationship. And people know that everything you do is built on that foundation of respect, value, and trust. All right. So that is it for this episode. The two types of leadership we spoke about, self-leadership and external, the more conventional type of leadership. I hope at the end of listening to that, this makes a little bit more sense. You're starting to get a picture of, okay, episode two touched on what leadership isn't. So I know that. Now I've got a bit of a better picture of what leadership is and how this plays out, whether it's self-leadership and holding myself accountable and driving myself towards certain goals or the more conventional external type of leadership where I'm with other people and I'm helping drive other, pe other people towards their goals and towards whatever success looks like for them or for the company or for the team or whatever else. So that is it for today's episode. Please, as usual, share this on your social medias. Please tag me. Feel free to share this with a friend or send it to a friend who you think may benefit from it. And hang tight until the next episode comes out, which will be a week from today. So until then, all the best and look after yourself.